Welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy it Juneteenth. It is Juneteenth. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. There's an event, an event at our local park. I hope it's uh, safe. This is the same place where we had all of those protesters and nonsense going on at Pride. So uh, mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully they stay home. Yeah. God, I hope so, idiots. Really hope they don't have trouble today, but I hope there's no trouble anywhere. There's already been some trouble at some of the Juneteenth uh, events over the weekend. So really holding space for safety for everybody. My goodness. Yeah. So how's it going? How was your weekend? A uh, good, great weekend. Really uh, lots of fun. We went to see the new Little Mermaid. Oh, loved it. Halle Bailey is absolutely gorgeous. Her voice is amazing. Yeah. And Melissa McCarthy. Need I say more? <laughs> Those know. two stole the show. They were wonderful. Um, I had a total blast. It was great. Nice. I have not seen it yet, but uh, Melissa McCarthy, if she's in it, I'm I'm in. She killed And that me. Halle Bailey, oh my God, she is just angelic. Mm -hmm. She's it's her, she, in her face, in her voice, in her just countenance, you know, everything about her. Oh, I used a Mormon word. Yuck, why did I look? <laughs> the countenance. No, her aura, her beautiful aura. <laughs> why did I use a Mormon word? It's Monday. My brain is tired. Anyway, she's gorgeous and amazing and made a fantastic Ariel. Wonderful. And Melissa McCarthy absolutely killed it as Ursula. Yeah, I love Melissa McCarthy, but I think we got to really watch out for Halle Bailey because that girl's going places. She's rising. That's awesome. Yeah, for her. Way to go, Halle. Cool. Uh, well, <laughs> I administered. Uh, I was a field manager for a fast pitch tournament over the weekend for Ten U and Twelve U, and <laughs> it was great. I saw a ten year old hit a home run, and I'm not just saying like because nobody could get to it. We didn't have a home run fence on their field because they're 10, but uh, right? it would have gone over. It came to the center of the park. I This is a weird <laughs> thing to say, but this was the best 10U team I have ever seen. Wow. And best and 10U doesn't usually go together because no, they're, they're just usually just, just hard barely sport. figuring out how to run the bases and stuff. But These kids were amazing. Anyway. Wow. So, how exciting. Yeah. It was fun. We had a super fun weekend. And then, of course, we all went to a wedding on Saturday, and that was fun, we did. too. That was really fun and really sweet pretty. cousin. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so, yeah, all in all. And then, of course, yesterday was Father's Day. We had a gathering at our sister Kara's house to uh, mm -hmm. celebrate a birthday for our niece and also Father's Day. It was good. Yeah, we, I know. We partied all weekend. I, I feel like it. I woke up. I'm tired. Morning, oh, my God. Yeah. Me too. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I have to rest on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had a good weekend when you have to rest on Monday. Um, right. It's true. Yeah. But we had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I made something that is a make again for sure. Oh, yeah, you did. I made well, a which thing? Oh, well, I... They were both good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We made a potato salad that was a pioneer woman recipe that was uh jalapeno popper potato salad and it was really good 
But my favorite was the dip. I made a seven layer bean dip, you know, like the Mexican seven layer bean dips, but this was a Greek one. So it had like Greek yogurt that had like garlic and oregano and lemon juice in it. And then it had hummus and Kalmata olives, feta, some herbs, uh, chopped cucumbers, chopped tomatoes. My God, that was a showstopper. It looked great, but the tomatoes. tomatoes. I know. I was going to leave tomatoes off one half of it and I completely forgot, but it was amazing. So anyhow, in case you're wondering, make that. <laughs> it looked really good. So good. The jalapeno yeah. puffer potato salad was really good too. That was really good. Yeah. So this was on Scott. He, uh, of course, it was Father's Day. So I'm like, what do you want me to make for our picnic? And well, we didn't picnic because it was really cold yesterday. But yeah. uh, anyway, he found these recipes and was like, let's try something new, which strikes right. fear in my heart to try something new for a family gathering or like a gathering where you've never made it before. But it worked. You win all the way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was for sure. We'll take it. Yeah. Well, uh, we've got a lot of crime to cover. Uh, we were just talking about how much crime happened just over the weekend that uh, so needs to be covered. Shootings. So, yeah. many. so many shootings. Oof. People are very unhinged right now. About any of them really to cover them yet. Yeah. I have several in mind to cover today and I can't get enough information to make it even worth a segment. So don't yeah. worry. We will cover them. We might have to have a gun crime day later in the week, which makes me really sad. But yeah, a bunch going on again, or still, or always. I think. Yeah. We'll have to be heavy and hard on the delete button. Right. <laughs> right. Man, we can't do a show about gun crime that we don't get people out of the woodwork telling us what's up in their world. But All I can say is people just continually keep killing people with guns. I mean, well, the shooting colleague. at the gorge in Washington that just fired into the crowd yeah a colleague that writes for one of my publications wrote me last night and said she was unable to contribute this week because her best friend's uh niece was or best best friend's granddaughter was murdered in a quadruple homicide uh suicide oh oh i was yes i was just that's the other one i was going to cover still not enough info yeah i saw that yeah god oh yep 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 hell Oh, well, there, there is enough info. I, You and I haven't spoke. <laughs> oh, spoken about it. I, no more. I can fill in some gaps on that one, but we won't go there today. Sure. But there yeah. is, yeah, there's just a lot. People are unhinged right now. I, I think it's fair to say right always. now, per always, but really right now, if you see something, say something. If somebody's acting mm. uh, really unhinged, get some help. Get some authorities in there. Don't take anything for chance right now. People are not their best selves at all well and don't be afraid of pissing someone off or making the cops angry or whatever mm-hmm. it's so much better to be wrong mm-hmm. than to be right but not tell anyone right and i think most officers would agree that they'd rather you be wrong they'd rather come right out to a nothing burger than discover later that yeah pretty much the family knew this person was coming unhinged and didn't say anything because they didn't yeah. know if they should or right. you know Right. I know it's a hard call, but it right now it is, but it literally saves people's lives. Yeah, for sure. Without it a doubt. All right. Well, let's dive into it. You have a, with our first uh, segment, you have some creepy crime. Oh boy, do I. You know that we've done a lot of covering of creepy crime coming out of absolute criminal behavior coming out of funeral homes. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, Let's God. Oh, my God. Is there no bottom to what people will do for money? No. So Not at all. Probably no, you've heard about this. Cedric Lodge, who is the former manager of the Harvard Medical School morgue, is accused of stealing and selling human remains for profit. <sighs> because there is no bottom, apparently. There are actually seven people indicted on this as a network of people that were stealing and selling off human remains at the Harvard Medical School's morgue. Dear God. Yeah. So Cedric Lodge, who is Why? the former manager, right? Like, well, who buys this stuff? I, that was my real question. Right. That, Where is why the and who buys this? It? Right. Yeah. Right. So he's been charged with conspiracy and interstate transport of stolen goods, which is... <laughs> Human body parts. Yeah. Um, his wife, Denise, has also been indicted because she knew and was a part of it. Along with Katrina McLean, Joshua Taylor, and Matthew Lampy, which are some other people involved. There's someone else, Jeremy Pauly, uh, who was accused of purchasing and then reselling the stolen remains. Because Why? Uh, so Cedric was accused of opening the morgue to buyers and they would then shop for human remains. This is just unfathomable to me. And then he would also steal body parts from cadavers before they were due to be cremated. So this is a medical school. They have cadavers. The cadavers spend a certain amount of time in the medical school and then they're to be cremated. And the cadavers are donated bodies, people who donate uh -huh. their bodies to science, right? So once their their time is up, certain amount of time being used as cadavers, then they're cremated. Yeah, and I think the families then get their get their ashes, right? Yeah. So he was just chopping them up and selling parts of them uh, to buyers before they were cremated. So this went on somewhere around 2018 to around August of 2022, is what they think. Uh, Lodge was just fired on May 6th when uh, they started figuring out what was going on. <laughs> Harvard has now removed his name from the medical school's website. Oh, there's a big surprise. Oh, wow. Who was paying attention to him? Ugh. So he joined the school's, this is awful, anatomical gift program in the fall of 1995, which is, which is the part where people gift their human remains, their own right. remains, to the school to be right. used for medical science, right? Of course, yeah. So he's been there since 95. So who knows what other bullshit's gone on there. So Taylor, he was... Yeah. Oh, yeah, name. right? Yeah. Like, like, this is the only thing? I doubt it. So Taylor, he's the buyer. He paid Lodge over $37,000 for human remains from 2018 to 2021. Oh. Ugh. He sent Denise $200 with a memo that read brains, uh, sort of spelled out like you would say it as if you were a zombie. Mm -hmm. And $1,000 with a memo that read head number seven. So mm. he was actually numbering his stock mm -hmm. so that people could purchase it. I mean... So then one of the other people charged, that's McLean, 
McLean owns a store called Cat's Creepy Creations. They're in Peabody, Massachusetts, and they have been storing remains at her storefront and then selling them. Who the hell are these creepy people that are buying uh, this shit? I think serial killers, I have to say. Because oh. um, McLean is accused of sending human skin to Polly, another buyer, to tan it to create leather. Oh. Yeah. And then Polly sends sells human remains to Lampy, who's another buyer, and exchanged more than $100,000 in online payments. Wow. So they would all face up to 15 years in prison for these charges. What's happening now, though, is that individual family members are finding out about what's happened to their families, and they're going to get their asses sued forever. Over. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. But that is so horrifyingly upsetting for these families. Right. You know, I, and I think that donating your body to science is, is a noble thing to do. I do, you know, and, and of course being on the donor registry is an amazing thing. And I, I'm all for right. these things. However, there has to be a certain level of trauma and lack of closure that families go through when a body is donated. You know, right, right. It is a it's weird... actually cremated and the, you know, the uh, ashes come back to them a, a ways down the road. Yeah. The, the doors kind of still, still open. Yeah. And, yeah. but then to find out that those loved ones remains were mistreated, sold. Oh my God. Parts of I, them sold before they were cremated. I know it's just, I, I can't imagine how re-traumatizing how your grief would just be torn wide open all over again by hearing right. things like this. I, I can't even right. imagine how sickening it would be and painful. Yeah. Oh, the U.S. attorney said some crimes defy understanding. The theft and trafficking of human remains strikes at the very essence of what makes us human. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it does. And I'm horrified. So yeah. we will keep an eye on that case and let you know when they go to court yeah. um, simply because they deserve 15 years is not nearly enough no. for what they've done. No, frankly. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And there may be more. Who knows if there'll be more charges, you know, as this all rolls out in their investigation. How many more people bought things and sold things and made things? All I can think about is Ed Gein. Like, right. serial right. killers do stuff like this. Did somebody make a nipple belt? Please say no. Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah. All right. And with that, I'm going to kick the mic back <laughs> to Katie for our main well, case. Before you do, oh. I just have to comment that... Hmm what the hell is going on in the bodies world? Because there was a case last week, uh, a man that works for a company who deals in uh, bodies for science and body parts for science that can be ordered mm -hmm. for, you know, various schools and things. And he's alleging a toxic workplace because he blew the whistle on some poor behavior at work and came into the retaliation of three human heads sitting on his desk. Oh my God. Yeah. What the hell? Uh, I, you know, I think that it takes a particular personality to be able to work in this kind of work anyway. Mm -hmm. and, and then there was that carton of, of stolen heads there. that were stolen from a transport truck in Denver last year that were never recovered. We never, never recovered. Yeah. I, yeah. there's, there's an underground here that we're not quite tapping into. I, I am just, I, I'm afraid that it's always been a thing. That's probably true. And we're just, yeah. you know, 
hearing about hearing about it more now, but I think that it's always been a thing. You're, you're probably correct. Blah. I mean, it okay. used to be that medical schools got their bodies from grave robbery. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Well, with that, let's hear <laughs> our main case. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> might remember the missing child, Cody Bigsby. We started reporting on Cody when he first went missing. Yeah. He was four years old. little boy. Darling. When he was reported missing. And the family or the community came out in spades looking for Cody. It was a huge deal, of course, you know. And everybody needed to know what happened to Cody. The community looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. So... When he first went missing, he was reported missing on the 31st of January, 2022. Uh, He would have been four, uh, just a little teeny guy, three feet tall, 40 pounds. Uh, According to police, he was last seen in the 100 block of the Ranelette Drive of the Buckrow Point townhomes in Buckrow, the Buckrow area of Hampton. This is in uh, Hampton, Virginia. They said that uh, his father called 911 around 9 a.m. And when they arrived, he told them that he'd last seen him about 2 a.m. that day. And that he just woke up and he was gone. Man, we've heard this story too many times. God, I think that every single parent that says that needs to be immediately thrown into handcuffs. Yeah. Yep. Because every freaking time mm-hmm. it, they did it. And it only took a hot minute for them to charge Code Corey, the dad, not mm-hmm. with Cody's uh, disappearance, but with some child neglect charges. Right. So he had always been a person of interest, but they had never uh, arrested him. But they did. Uh, what they discovered is that the children living in this home were living in a really terrible situation. And being that, left alone for yes. ridiculous amounts of time. and. Mm-hmm. Oh. That he was taking off, going to uh, run errands and do things. There was a time where he went to purchase a vehicle and was gone for something like eight hours and left all these little teeny kids home alone during that that time. Like toddlers. Mm -hmm. And so he was arrested uh, on those charges. But the whole world has been asking, where is Cody? There was a moment that at a local grade school, some remains were found buried Uh, wrapped in a blanket and there was a moment of everyone holding their breath thinking maybe this is Cody it turned out to be Mm. animal remains there just hasn't been very much which Mm. is really sad Uh, this is uh, near there where they put up a there have been a couple of different uh, spots where they put up memorials for Cody and the community has not forgotten they have really come out big you know looking for him these are some pictures from when he was reported missing i mean this is the kind of effort that came out you know there was a lot of hard work on his behalf there was a billboard that was put up there was a lot of hard work well in the meantime (coughs) they have Corey in jail he was original charged with around seven counts of child abuse child neglect Mm -hmm. well Six months later or so, a grand jury charged him with 24 more counts. So he's sitting in jail on around 30 counts of child abuse, child neglect that still didn't really have anything to do with Cody, per se. Right. 
just with all of the kids, but at least that meant all of the kids weren't being cared for by him or being not cared for by him. Now, mom, we know very little about. We know that mom uh, was living in a different state, that she was uh, mostly estranged from Corey and the children. Mm -hmm. And early on, uh, there was a statement that she had been advised by her counsel to not say anything. So she really has not. We've heard very, very little about or from her. Um, Some of Corey's family has remained very supportive of him. Some of them have not. And uh, yeah. spoken out against him, including an older daughter mm-hmm. who's talked about his mental health and his behavior. So, yeah. and I would imagine that's where some of those charges stemmed from. But he was supposed to go to trial in February, or sorry, in November of last year of 2022 on mm-hmm. all of these charges. And they continued to put them out because his mental health was in serious question. Mm-hmm. So in April of this year of 2023, he was found uh, incompetent to stand trial. They said that at the jail, his mental health had really crumbled, that he was saying and doing some really weird and erratic things, that he wrote a letter that indicated that I, his, he was not sane. He wrote or he had made a couple of suicide threats. There was a bunch of stuff that had, you know, made his attorneys think that he was not uh, not with it. So this is very interesting. At the end of April, he was placed in a mental health facility to restore him to competency. Mm -hmm. Now in Idaho, that first day is 90 days. And then if that person is still not competent, then they order another 180 days. Well, not so much in Virginia. Cody has already been restored to competency. Yeah, and uh, they're already ready to roll. This happened last week. Uh, Wow, that's quick. Really quick. So the uh, diagnosis is PTSD. So he's a 20-year veteran of the military. And definitely, his daughter said, definitely has PTSD, has paranoia. She said it would be things like uh, she and her friend would be in her bedroom talking and laughing, and he would... uh, storm in there and accuse her of them of talking about him or he'd be like listening at the windows and the doors because he thought the neighbors were talking about him and stuff Mm -hmm. and so there has been a pattern here of paranoia for him for quite a while out of of ptsd but um the investigators and the medical staff were concerned because he was giving very different stories to different people he would lie to medical staff about uh his past health history about basic Mm -hmm. uh, things that they would need to know about him. Mm -hmm. And so he was telling all of these conflicting stories, which was basically making the medical staff go, is this guy incompetent or is he just a big damn liar? Yeah. He's lying. And so in an interview, he finally had said, well, he just thought those were details that were not pertinent and that he didn't need to disclose. So he was just making things up. So anyway, I so his attorneys still say he's not competent. He's not competent. He should still be in the hospital. But the mental health, uh, the staff, and then, of course, the judge said, nah, this is a game. He's coming back. We're not mm-hmm. doing this anymore. In the meantime, and this is why we're doing an, an episode about uh, the Cody Bigsby today, 
he was finally charged for Cody's murder. Mm-hmm. So the local community is angry because they say that they've all still been looking and carrying this flame. The police say that they've known since the day one that Cody was no longer with us. I think the locals just have to understand that the police have to do their due diligence, you know, and that, uh, but the, uh, the sheriff said, or the police chief said that from the first day, he said, when Cody went missing, uh, his deputy that just responded first called him and said, we're going to need a lot of boots on the ground for this. This is, there's, there's something way wrong here. Mm-hmm. He said they knew from the first day that uh, Cody was likely not with us any longer. But I, mean, I think that's pretty much always the case in these yeah. situations, unfortunately. Well, we've heard similar things from the Daybell Vallo case, but they still, of course, are going to look. They're going mm-hmm. to let the, you know, the community look and come together and carry hope. And why wouldn't they, you know? Right. But they're saying now, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Uh, but I mean, in the community the at this point, no, they were looking for a body anyway. I mean... Pretty much. I mean, does a four-year-old go missing for eighteen months and is still alive? That's just right. Exactly. Doesn't happen. It's not like he just packed his suitcase and just decided to leave. You know. No. Even though those we have heard that multiple times now about four-year-olds, mm-hmm. that parents that went well just ran off. Away. They just took off. Yeah. So here's the charging documents. There's not much. So this is one of them. Of course, this came through grand jury, and that's why there's not much. We're mm-hmm. not going to know much till this goes to trial. Right. So this is one of the charges that Corey Jamar Bigsby Sr. did unlawfully and feloniously transport, secret, conceal, or alter a dead body as defined in blah, blah, blah code with malicious intent to prevent detection of an unlawful act or to prevent the detection or death of the manner or the cause of death. So that's one of the charges, basically, is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the mishandling of a dead body. So yeah, this is very Daybell-esque. That's but here's the murder charge, and this is really the bombshell. Uh, on or about June 18th, 2021, yeah. Corey Jamar Bigsby Sr. unlawfully and feloniously did kill and murder Cody Bigsby in violation of yada yada code. Of Virginia as amended. Cody was missing for seven months. Before seven months before he was reported. Yeah. Yeah. Corey's Cody is one of the four-year-olds that went missing during lockdown mm-hmm. that then wasn't reported for months mm-hmm. and had been dead way long before they were ever reported. Just like the West kids, Harmony Montgomery, um, Oakley Carlson, uh, uh, Ariel Kalua, Ariel Kalua, yeah, yep, all of them. And there's one more too, and I can't think of her name. They actually found her body and prosecuted her mom and boyfriend. Oh yeah, but yeah. well, and Summer Wells is another one. And Summer Wells, yeah. Th- I mean, they we don't all... know. Yeah, <clears> they're all right about the same age. Yeah, all about the same age, and went missing all around in about one year span. Yeah, yeah, it was like the year of the four-year-olds. It was bizarre it's so sad and and most of them were being reported missing months after they were actually missing yeah yeah for sure so he's had his first trip to court on these charges but um there's a long road to go his attorney is 
screaming to the rooftops about violations on the part of the jail and on the part of the prosecution. Apparently, the letter that he wrote in the jail, the prosecution had it for like five months before they turned it over to the defense. The defense has done everything but stand on their head to get this case thrown out. It's, it's well, the, the other charges. Mm -hmm. uh, because Partly because they didn't give him, in their opinion, uh, uh, they gave him too high of a bail because he, uh, they said these were just, just things that should have been handled by CPS. He shouldn't have been put in jail for them and held for all this time and 30 counts, bro. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. One of his children is missing and he now has like 30 counts of child abuse and neglect mm -hmm. and he shouldn't have been in jail for that. Mm -hmm. This country has such a problem with our child mm -hmm. protection laws. Mm -hmm. Such a huge problem. And this is yep. a great example of that. It is. Oh yeah. His attorney yeah. is really wild and, and she's just, she's really outrageous, but she's not really getting anything that she wants. Uh, well, but at no, any rate, uh, yeah, but you know, charging you know those discovery violations as well as now they've released him back to the jail and said that his mental health is handled and he's returned to competency and she says he's not and she's promising they're filing a federal lawsuit against the jail as soon as this case is over and whatever you do you but ultimately what about the four where is cody lady yeah yeah i i get so tired of seeing the missing kid gets so diminished. There right. was a press conference with Cody and Corey's family uh, back like a year ago, and they were promising a $25,000 reward for mm -hmm. any information that uh, helped them to recover Cody because they are were still just determined that he was innocent. And that was pretty much the whole press conference all about all mm -hmm. of the misdeeds and all the stuff the attorney was saying and Cody's name was mentioned like twice. And this was supposed to be the press conference where they, you know, begged for help finding him and had a $25,000 reward. And right. it is gross. Like, was, why wasn't this about Cody? Yeah. The missing little boy. A lot of the attention has come off gross. of Cody and it's gross. Yeah. And poor Corey. Yeah. No, not poor Corey. Yeah. You cannot tell me that if this little guy went missing seven months before he was actually reported missing, that there is not something really dirty in the water. There's, there's right. just nothing. There is no excuse for that. There is no, no. defense for that. There is no. nothing. You cannot. That doesn't even. There's absolutely nothing that yeah. would make that okay. No. But we are very grateful to see that there's been charges filed now. We're very curious to see what their evidence is. Uh, we suspect that a lot of this is based on testimony of the other kids. And I'm sure it is. this is going to be similar to the West trial in that regard, except for that there's just mm -hmm. one parent involved in this one. And so we'll keep a close eye on it and we'll keep you guys abreast of what's going on. But yeah. at any rate, one more peek at little Cody. He was such a cute little kid. We're sorry, just Cody. You didn't deserve this. No, yep. you didn't. So with that, Christy, I am going to turn the mic back over to you uh, for a little bit more. Uh, oh, it was a DNA for the win. Yeah. 
So let's wrap this up with at least a little bit of good news <laughs> from the crime world. It is Monday, for God's sake. It is. Let's talk about Florence Charleston. So Florence Charleston uh, went missing from Ohio. She Her remains were found in 1978. But no one ever knew who she was. And her remains were found in Nevada. Remote Nevada town, which is hilarious because pretty much every Nevada town is a remote Nevada town. Pretty much, except for Las Vegas and Reno. It's all... Right, yeah. Everything else is, like, very remote. Mm -hmm. um, remains were stuffed inside of a clothes bag. So, as you probably aren't surprised, Othram Labs came through. They used DNA from inside the bag to help the police finally identify this body as Florence Charleston. She was in the late in her late sixties at the time of her death. Her oh body my was gosh. in nineteen seventy-eight. Oh so, wow. Five years after people after her remains were found. Um now she still has family in Ohio and they're wondering, you know, how did she die? What happened to her? Yeah. Um you how know did when you get found, there. Right. When they found her, her body was um heavily decomposed and so they couldn't really get information from her at the time in 1978, particularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it was in Imlay, Nevada. Um, Imlay is a small town, roughly one square mile with a population of 200. Wow. Two hours from Reno. Uh, so one of um, her nieces, who is one of her few remaining relatives, uh, said that her dad told said that her aunt moved to Portland, Oregon from Ohio with a new boyfriend in the early 1970s. And they lost contact with her somewhere around 1978, which is when she died, clearly, or around that time. You know, her niece says, was she safe or not? Was she happy? Um, all of these questions I've had, and it turns out she was dead the whole time. So apparently Where's the boyfriend? April. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now they're working on trying to answer how did she die? You know, yeah. at least they know how, how, who she is and her family knows. Yeah. Lawrence Charleston. She went by Dolly. Um, and so the niece was happy to hear some answers about her aunt Dolly. But we still don't know how she died. But, you know, Othram comes through all the time. Maybe there's more DNA in that bag than um, just dollies. So let's you hope. Bet. You bet. Following the, the trail of, um, you know, solved extremely cold cases through mm -hmm. DNA is and, and through labs like Othram, it, it really does my heart good that we're, mm -hmm. we are making progress. It, it may not seem like it sometimes, but there are ways in which we are making progress in, in identifying um, unidentified bodies, identifying oh, murderers yeah. after 50, 60 years. Sometimes mm -hmm. things are getting better. <laughs> absolutely. And Othram, what heroes, my gosh, this yeah. reverse mm -hmm. DNA technology is absolutely astonishing. It's crazy. Absolutely but also the skilled crazy. researchers and the hours that they put oh. in, the hours that it takes on the reverse uh, gene genealogy DNA is, staggering it but, is uh, it is absolutely staggering it takes years sometimes mm -hmm. to solve these cases but yeah they're getting it done 
on a lot of money. That's why there are still so many missing people, so many Jane Doe's and John Doe's that have been found that have never been paired up to that missing person. Because every time they need to go to the lab, to Othram, it's around $5,000. And a lot of these police forces just don't have that kind of money laying around. Yeah. I know it, in Virginia, they've had uh, a wealthy donor there who has been determined. They had their own missing persons case that I believe it was Othram that solved. Mm -hmm. That uh, <clears throat> she then had decided that she was just going to continue to put her money towards solving and they're slowly picking through every missing persons case in Jane and John Doe in Virginia and solving them all because yeah. they can, they have the money to, because really that's yeah. what it boils down to is being able it to does. afford it. Yep. Being able to afford it. The option is there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, that's good. That's good. Hopefully they can figure out at least uh, what happened to her or who was involved, but right. they're probably long dead. But most likely. Yeah. All righty. Well, there you have it. That's Monday. We will be back Tuesday with a brand new episode. We'll be back Wednesday with a brand new episode. Wednesday night, after case updates at seven, will be our very first viewing party. Mm -hmm. So this is our subscription service on YouTube. You have to just join through our membership link. It's five dollars a month. So uh we're a very cheap date, but, um, and we're changing. This had been the cold read party. Now we've changed it over to a viewing party. So tomorrow we'll announce what we will be viewing. So the way a viewing party works is that we'll all be watching the same documentary at the same time. We won't be streaming it because that would be a copyright violation. So you'll have to find it on your own and watch it. But we'll all be we'll be here and we'll be in a, you know chatting together about what we're watching and what's happening. So we think yeah. it's going to be really fun. We've seen other channels do it and be successful with it and have a blast with it. So we think it's going to be an interesting uh, adventure. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. So if you want to do that. Really fun. Yep, well, that'll be starting around eight fifteen p.m. on Wednesday night at Mountain mm -hmm. Time after. Uh, Wednesday night case updates. So, but yeah. tomorrow on Tuesday, we'll announce what uh, what we're watching, so you can get it found. Yeah, and tell you which streaming service it's on, so that you can yep. find it. Yep, we're gonna have a blast. It's gonna be good. Yep. Alrighty. Well, that's what's up. You guys have a great Monday. Have a cookie. Have a glass of wine. Do what you need to do. Take care of you. <laughs> have a great day, guys. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.